welcome to yet another Hit Save Indie interview. Um, this is for the Indie Game Preservation Project that we do here at Hit Save, where we talk to fantastic indie developers about their marvelous games. So my name is Jonas Rosland. I'm here with Hit Save, and today I am joined by uh, Jaden Alemni. Hello. Hello, Jaden. Uh, and you're with Studio Alemni. Yes. Yes. Um, Studio Alemni is currently just me. Um, I am a solo developer, but I've got that official studio name. So, um, you know, ready to present my projects under that name and hopefully expand someday into a actual game studio. Um, but that's like sort of the name I go by to, you know, keep things official. That's awesome. So um, you have your own studio. You're working on a solo project here called Legends of Astravia. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. Astravia is actually the right way to say it. I I say Astravia a lot, um, but <laughs> Astravia is is kind of um, I'd say the the can canonical way to pronounce it because it kind of comes from Astra, like astral, like stars, you know. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I was playing the demo here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was super fun. Um, I had a blast playing through it, and I definitely want to see more. But before <laughs> before we dive into the game, I want to dive into who you are a bit, Jaden. So how did you get started with game development? Uh, how did you get here? How, how did you uh, figure out, you know what, I want to start my own studio, and I want to do this? <laughs> How did you get <laughs> Well, it's uh, perhaps a bit cliche, you know, I've always wanted to be a game developer. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I liked more than just playing games. I distinctly remember um, playing uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was the big one. Um, I remember playing through the games and being like, this is so cool. Like, how does this work? Like, I, I had this sort of, like, obsession with, like, how are these, like, worlds made? Um, like, sort of the mechanics involved. Um, when I was in high school, uh, I actually got access to RPG Maker, like an old version of RPG Maker. Um, nice. And their Game Maker was another one. Uh, we had, you know, we had the home PC back in, like, the 2000s hooked up by, like, AOL Internet. Uh, and I had, you know, the fortune of being able to sort of play around and I just, I was obsessed. I loved it. I loved like trying to figure out how they worked. Um, but then when it came time to go to college, like I really wanted to go to game design school. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, my parents weren't really into it, you know, and, uh, a lot of people sort of like talked me out of it. Cause they're like, well, everybody wants to be a game developer and it's a really hard industry to get into. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll do something safe. So I went to school for art for a little while. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going to go into like graphic design and then I decided to go into it like information technology. Cause I was pretty good with computers. Um, so I got my associate's degree in it and I just couldn't get the bug out of my brain. Um, I just, like, game development kind of just kept coming up. I would just, like, on and off, like, work on projects and stuff. And then um, 2017 rolls around. 
uh, RPG Maker, one of the first engines I played around with, they're having a contest called the Indie Game Making Competition. And I think it was for like $5,000 towards your like first indie game. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. Uh, and I started actually making like an alpha prototype of what would eventually become Legends of Astravia. Uh, and, uh, it was bad. The demo was not good <laughs> <laughs> back then. Uh, but it was a good like experience. Um, people were like interested in the story and stuff. Um, and I kind of just kept refining that idea and I started self-teaching a little bit more, like learning more like theory about game design and more like complex concepts. And, you know, I taught myself how to program, um, in Ruby, which is the language that RPG maker uses. Uh, and then this year I like started, um, or rather I released the like upgraded demo after all of these years of sort of really solidifying the concept. And that's how, um, that's how it all happened. And now I'm like going for the, the actual like game developer thing now. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. So uh, are you doing this full time right now or? It is only part time. It is still, um, you know, I have a day job. It's hard, you know, cause like it's, it's, not really sustainable. Um, so my goal is to kind of finish up the first chapter of Legends of Astravia, have this like complete game. And then once I've got something that's like put together and seems like it has a lot of potential, then I might consider pitching to, you know, publishers and, and looking into things to actually turn it into like the real deal. But for now, you know, I have my my day job, which I like my day job, too. And it's, you know, it's always such a trade off. Right. Because like when you're comfortable and you're you're making money doing your thing, but you want to do what you love, yep. it, you got to kind of make that decision. So we'll see. But for now, yeah, it is it is part time. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally uh, I can totally relate. Of course, I, I have a day job, too. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. <laughs> it allows me to do things like this, uh, which I'm exactly. really grateful for. Uh, mm -hmm. So um, programming in Ruby, is that something you do uh, within your day job as well? Uh, I don't do, actually, it's very like, there's a little bit um, because I work in web. Um, so there is like a little bit of Ruby, but for the most part, um, no, actually, I don't. Uh, I use like JavaScript and, and whatnot in mm -hmm. my day job. And it's kind of funny because the new like the newest I use an older version of RPG Maker uh, and the newest engines use JavaScript oh. and I don't like it <laughs> I don't like it like I'd rather use Ruby <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny because like I could probably use the new one and like be able to use JavaScript because I use it for my job but I'm like I like Ruby too much. <laughs> I'm like kind of stubborn about it. It's such a cool programming language. Um, and I enjoy like making the systems in it. So yeah, like I feel like the last Ruby programmer standing. <laughs> there, there are a lot of them out there. Still. There are, there um, are, yeah. <laughs> so um, for RPG Maker, so you're doing it in Ruby right now. Uh, the new RPG mm -hmm. Maker is JavaScript. Is it possible at all to port it over to the new one, or would you have to remake everything? 
I, it, it would be possible. I would have to rewrite like all of my scripts and stuff. Um, and the thought of rewriting my beautiful Ruby code in JavaScript makes me like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I was able to find, um, and maybe this is like a little technical, but um, the old engine that I use, I use RPG Maker XP, which came out in like 2007, a very long time ago. Um, and it's sort of long since abandoned. Um, and it was made for like old versions of like Windows and stuff. And it, it wasn't, you know, it actually ran very poorly as is. Um, and there was this project called MKXP, which was originally made to like port um old rpg maker xp games to linux and some of the one of the games that most people will probably be familiar with is to the moon mm -hmm. uh which was like a very successful um indie game and it was made in rpg maker xp and they used this mkxp engine to not only port it to linux but it made the game run a lot better uh, so I was able to use that same technology for Legends of Astravia, so it like feels like the new RPG Maker engine anyway. So people tend to be a little surprised when I tell them that I made it in RPG Maker XP. They're like, how is it? I thought it was the new one. Like, it looks like the new engines. And I'm like, well, it's this, this technology allows me to do it. I'm very grateful. So, uh, and I'm able to port it to, um, Mac OS as well, mm -hmm. uh, which is something that wasn't, uh, possible with the old versions of the of the engines. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at that, and, and yeah, I was a little surprised that it's being made in an engine that's what fifteen years old now. <laughs> yeah, XP is it's quite old. I'm surprised the engine, it, the um, editor itself, still like opens on my computer. Uh, but it's there's just something very endearing about it. Um, the like the the old-fashioned sort of tiling system it has like a really good map making system which is kind of why i uh was drawn to it over the newer um, makers because when i started on legends of astravia the way the like map making system worked i in the newer ones i didn't really like it they've since updated it now and i'm like <laughs> a little torn but uh yeah it it um I don't know. I there's something about it that like it's kind of uh, it's like. <sighs> I as I was playing it, uh, as I said, uh, as I was playing it, it definitely didn't feel like a 15 year old engine. Uh, I definitely thought you were using a, a newer engine for this. So yeah, it's fantastic with the uh, uh, with the old engine and this uh, MKXP was it. Um, yeah, MKXP is the is the name of the project that sort of made it, it. It's an open source project. It's perfectly okay to use by RPG Maker's terms, and it it allows like a lot more flexibility um, with the engine that wasn't there in that old fifteen year old version. So um, there's a lot of sort of manual work to do on the side uh, to like make it work. But in my opinion, it's worth it because it let me do like all of the things that I wanted to do with it. Um, I was starting to get really bottlenecked by that in the old version of the maker. Um, in that alpha version, which we'll I'm sure get to a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that. So uh, tell us a bit more about the game itself. Um, who are the, the, the people that we see here, or at least some of the, the main characters that we see here? 
Yes. So um, in this this key art, uh, we see Oliver at the front here, which he is the main character of the game um, and who the player plays as. Um, and we don't know a whole lot about Oliver. Uh, he has amnesia, which is I love that like, trope. I, it's, that's, it's very funny because like some people are like, oh, amnesia trope. And some people are like, yes, amnesia trope. <laughs> <laughs> so I like it. It's very true to that sort of classic nostalgic like we're we're getting into it with with the japanese style rpg we're we're going final fantasy 6 we're just like you know we get to learn more about the character as he grows and learns more about himself and i i really like that mm -hmm. um so we play as oliver he doesn't really know a whole lot about himself um except that he's rather good at using magic um and he doesn't know where he learned magic, but he wants to find that out. And he's found in the forest, um, at first by the woman to the right of him in this picture, which we don't know who she is. We don't know what her motives are, but mysterious. she's there. She's a bit mysterious and she's there and, and she sort of leaves him behind uh, to be found by Azel, who is in the back. Uh, and Azel is a mystician which is what we call the magic users in uh, the world of Astravia. Um, and Azel finds Oliver, and he has kind of not a lot of patience for Oliver's amnesia and his questions. Um, and he seems a bit, uh, he seems a bit uh, worried about what's going on and a bit like panicky and, and trying to get to the temple that's in the forest that they're in. So he, he lets Oliver- already. He's already on a mission. Yeah, he runs into Oliver. He finds Oliver, and Oliver's like, "Can I go with you? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. Like, can I follow you?" And he's like, "All right, fine. I'll let you follow me. But like, we have to go. We need to like figure out what's going on here." Uh, and we find out that he has a bit of a reason for being so like short with Oliver, and that's because um, in the area that they're in, uh, there are knights, which next to Oliver in this key art is in fact a knight. Uh, and Hazel warns Oliver about the knights because the knights hunt mysticians. The knights don't like mysticians. And there's sort of a tension going on in Astravia. We don't really know fully why, uh, but some people are afraid of magic users and they, <laughs> they wanna stay away from them. And uh, we get kind of two different sides of this story because we get the magic users afraid of the knights and mm -hmm. Azel warns Oliver about, you know, the knights hunting and, and killing mysticians. But then we hear about people who are afraid of mysticians too. So it becomes sort of a like, who do we believe? Like mm -hmm. what, 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 uh, what side of the story, um, you know, uh, is the true one. And, and that's kind of part of the whole plot is Oliver kind of finds himself on both sides of the story, learning about it uh, and the history of Astravia, which is a bit, um, it's a bit muddied. It's, there's, there's a lot of sort of dark stuff that has gone on that Oliver doesn't know about because he, you know, lost his memory. Yeah. And as I was playing through the demo, um, I think it was Azel talking about stuff that happened, but most people have already forgotten it. Yes. Um, so yes. yeah, definitely history seems a bit muddied, uh, and mm -hmm. yeah, I, I definitely want to want to see more. <laughs>
Um, there's a lot uh, there's a lot to tell there's there's i'm excited to share more so <laughs> also so what we see here is a fighting scene and i was uh, i was very uh, amazed by the uh, uh the artwork and the thought going into the fighting mechanics here i thought this mm. was really really cool it's uh time-based but also you need to it's not uh, instant, but you can make things that speeds up your attacks, and uh, it, it, it had a lot of depth that I was not expecting um, <laughs> when I started playing here. I was like, oh, I need to pay attention, uh, <laughs> and pretty much immediately, uh, even with, with, the, um, uh, with the basic enemies here, I needed to pay attention. So uh, can you tell us a bit more about the, the game mechanics here uh, the, and the fighting yeah. mechanics? Yes, so the the battle system, it takes a bit of influence from, some folks might be familiar with the active time battle system, which was in the old Final Fantasy um, games and Chrono Trigger, where you sort of wait for like a bar to fill up and then your character gets their turn. And if you took too long, other enemies could attack you. Um, this idea was like further refined in a PlayStation RPG called, um, Grandia, and it showed that like bar, um, and I thought that bar was super cool where you see each character in relation to each other as they're like moving in time and you kind of can plan your actions around that. But you still had to wait. You had to wait till your character got sort of to the, the end of the bar. Then you would choose your action and then they would like move on the bar. And it was kind of like this, this race to get in, get your turn in first. And I wanted to expand on that. And I was like, well, what if you can just pick your action right away? Like, what if you don't have to wait? What if it's completely fluid? Um, so I, you know, refine that system so you can choose your action right away. Uh, and the quicker you choose your action, um, you kind of get an advantage, but you still have enough time to sort of decide um, and and kind of be a little strategic with it. Um, and that system was really cool. Uh, and then I had some help from some colleagues, and I had a colleague suggest to me to let you speed up or slow down battle. And that, like, so you can use the trigger buttons on your controller to speed up battle so if you've picked your actions you don't have to wait you can just fast forward to the end and get your action in and start it over again but if you need a little more time to think you can kind of slow things down so it's kind of a weird hybrid between a turn-based system and like a completely active system um and then i had i had that going on and it was like going really well and then in the demo i had somebody I had a lot of feedback in the demo where folks, when they went into like the menus to pick like skills, they were getting frustrated because because the system was always active, mm -hmm. they would get interrupted while they were like picking items from a list. So I further refined it with another colleague's suggestion to slow time down a lot when you're in a list. Um, very similar to... I think Final Fantasy VII Remake did a similar thing. Mm -hmm. So like time almost slows down to a stop, but not quite. It's still pressuring you a little bit, but you have time to kind of think and then keep things going. So it's like, it's very fluid. Uh, it, it makes you like, I don't know, it's pretty exciting to play because you're like always doing something. You don't have to sit and wait. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, you know, 
uh, you don't have to like button mash either. Like there's like this nice balance, I think, between the two systems. Yeah, I I, I definitely thought the, um, uh, the the combat there was very fluid. Um, there was no, uh, as you said, it, it wasn't really a waiting game. And, uh, it, there was always something that you could do. You could also mm. pause to make sure that you were ready uh, to block yeah. when the the, uh, the enemies attack and everything like that. I, <clears throat> it has a lot of depth, and I had a lot of fun just figuring out what I should do when, because some enemies are, of course, faster than others. Some enemies hit harder than others. Uh, and yeah, it was a lot of fun to figure out. And the, the constant... Um, time the constant passing of time that, that's the word i was looking for so the constant mm. passing of time even when you're choosing things it kind of reminded me of the the fallout vats system as well yeah so you're yeah. like yes now i'm focused on something but it it's your enemies still move and you still yeah. have to actually make a decision we haven't paused the game we have just slowed it down enough so you can make a calculated choice and i really like that I really, really yeah. like it. So, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. So I uh, searched out all the enemies that I could find. Uh, so <laughs> I, I battled every enemy that I could find because I, I had a blast playing through this. So this was super, uh, super fun. I'm glad. Yeah, that, that was a funny thing I had noticed with people who were playing it. You know, I make this... Uh, I put the enemies on the map screen. I, I make it so that you can sort of avoid enemies because that's something that I that I didn't like about old games is mm -hmm. like the random encounters that sort of just interrupt you and while you're playing and it's like, but I found that even though I made battles optional, most people like enjoyed the battles so much that they were like seeking out enemies to fight. Like I wasn't anticipating that. So I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just... Um really really fun so yeah i i absolutely do uh, i do not enjoy random encounters either uh it's it's a it's a thing of a bygone era i think yeah but giving the player the choice of actively seeking out uh enemies and putting them on the map as you said there i, I think it's it's brilliant mm -hmm. thank you yeah so uh this is the beginning of the game here mm -hmm. Um, this is where where you kind of start out, and this is where you're you're found. Mm -hmm. um, the um, the intro. Uh, we're we're not gonna uh, show the the pictures of the the intro, the the paper cut intro. Yes. Uh, yes. But I really cut. really like that. I highly recommend anyone that's interested in this go play the demo. The the intro mm -hmm. is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's a really <laughs> cool demo. Uh, a really cool intro. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Um, I uh, had done it all sort of manually, like the the paper cut, like drawings, and then like moved them like individually to sort of get that sort of. It was very inspired by uh, the Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker, like that beginning opening scene where you see the like sort of paper graphics. I I just like that. Um, that style of storytelling because it it brings you like back like back to that era of 
you know, really long ago, it, it really like sets the tone. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun to do too. It was like, I had a lot of fun making that scene and I hope to like make a couple more throughout the game, like, and make use of that system because it, it's cool. It's really cool to do. Yeah. It was super, super cool to see. Uh, again, uh, I was not expecting that, uh, from an <laughs> early demo like this. So it was really cool to see. Um, I, yeah. One thing that I, I, I really, there's a screenshot in the uh, press kit actually oh, yeah. of it yeah. if you wanted yeah. to showcase it a little bit yeah yeah exactly so <laughs> this one yeah yeah so it's a good like example of what like the what it looks like yep um the world itself is very colorful um mm. you have very bright colors uh very bright and it's easy to see where you should go um and uh items that are important uh was that a, a was that a a uh a choice that you made you mm -hmm. wanted more colors in the world because a, a lot of games are, are very bleak otherwise uh, especially mm -hmm. when when we look at ruins because we have a lot of ruins here but it's very <laughs> colorful um yeah that was a conscious decision um and it actually especially with like the opening area it's a swamp um mm -hmm. and people often associate swamps with like this darkness and this bleakness um and i actually wanted it to be colorful and sort of have like this whimsical positive element to it um the sprite work for the tiles like the the maps are actually um some of them are are default assets from rpg maker xp mm -hmm. and the originals were were a lot more desaturated i actually colorized them more and like made the colors pop more because i liked that uh like that's something i really like about older games especially like on the nintendo 64 and stuff some of them were almost comically like colorful and i miss that i like that sort of just uh really really uh saturated um look on things golden sun is obviously another big inspiration for the game and and that was another um rather that was the thing that they did in the game everything was just super colorful um clear to see where you can go like all of the characters like pop out and are distinct um i'm a big fan of that yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, and there's also when you start the game, uh, you had a kind of a new type of control scheme as well. Yes, yes, and it 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 trips some folks up a little bit. Um, yeah, the, yeah, it, the... it did for me for for the first few <laughs> minutes before I got uh, uh, used to it. Yeah, I actually had added a prompt to the demo after getting some feedback from some players because I was a little adamant on on having that new control style be the de default one mm -hmm. because I felt like it worked really well with the like high pace, um, fast paced battle system. Um, but I still like to give people options, especially like for accessibility reasons, um, and let people like change the key bindings and stuff if they want. But um, I actually directly referenced Super Mario RPG. Um, because I noticed it had that same 
system where you could quickly switch between actions just by pressing the face buttons on the controller. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of why I had designed it that way. So like if you're actively attacking an enemy and an enemy does something because it's real time and you're like, oh no, I don't want to attack them now. I want to defend or I want to use an item or I want to switch to a skill. It's one button press instead of two. And that doesn't seem like a lot, but like when you're in it and you're Mm -hmm. like doing it, it's like suddenly you're like, whoa, this is so much faster. But I saw some folks get tripped up by it too. Um, Some people still preferred the other control scheme even after getting used to it. And that's a-okay too. So, Um, but yeah, I wanted to try something new and interesting to go with the new and interesting system, I suppose. Yeah, no, I, I definitely liked it. And once I got used to it, <clears throat> after the, the first few battles, I was like, this makes sense. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely uh, on the train for, for the new control scheme. Uh, I really like <laughs> it. it. It works really well. Uh, it tripped me up a, a few times throughout the demo uh, as well, but I understand it and I like it. And it's, yeah, it's very, um, again, I'm going to use the word fluid because it's like easy. It's yeah, very easy yeah. to understand. Um, mm. One of the enemies, and we see this here on the screen, one of the enemies that I hate in the game are the bees. Bees. Um, uh, I went in thinking, oh, it's just bees. Um, but they they kicked my ass for a bit. I was not yes. expecting this. They're it's very like, fast. Yeah, they're very, they... very fast. They're very fast and they have poison and everybody loves poison mechanics and RPGs. I know it's everybody's favorite, so I had it's to put best. it in, you know? It's the best. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, it's the best. Yeah, I, I think I died the first time I encountered oh, them. No. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, the the, the save, uh, having um, multiple saves definitely helped. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- those, beasts, those beasts definitely got the best of me there for, for a bit. They uh, they were worse in the alpha build of the game. <laughs> they were they were even scarier in early versions of the game. Those are actually toned down in the demo, which means the I I should have like a B final boss at the rate I'm going. Oh yes, they're very. They seem to be very intimidating. <laughs> I love it. Um, so the um, uh, the characters here. I want to dive into the characters a bit more. Uh, so let's let's dive into them. So we got the um, different characters here. Uh, let me see. Uh, we're going to start with Oliver. Mm. So this is Oliver. Uh, you already talked about him a bit, but the main character. Yes. Yeah. So this is the uh, the main character of the game. Um, I actually did do this artwork. Uh, it was kind of like an experimental thing. Came out pretty good. Um, but the thing in his design here that you'll see is he has a, you know, he has the sword in one hand, he has the magic in the other hand. Um, and that's like a really key part, um, of his character throughout the game is he's sort of like the bridge between, you know, the knights of the world and, and the mysticians of the world. Um, cause he, he kind of gets a, a side of both stories 
Um, and also because he's the main character and you can't really swap him out in battle, you'll, you'll get new characters throughout the game, uh, that you can use in battle, but I don't think I'm going to make it so that you can take Oliver out of battle. So I wanted to have him be kind of well-rounded. Like you can get sort of some, some physical affinity out of him and you can get some magic affinity out of him. So you have this sort of, this spell sword, uh, motif going on with his design, um, which uh, which I, I have, you can see here in the, the key art. Uh, and his clothes are otherwise simple. Uh, I wanted something kind of not too complex in contrast with Azel, which we'll get to later. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah. Yeah, let, let's dive into Azel a bit. His design's a little more complex. <laughs> the, you know, very, um, very like classic... I'm going to say wizard. I know they're not, they're mysticians in this world, but sort of the <laughs> adorned robes show like his like class, you know, he's obviously a, you know, a powerful magic user. He comes from a place that is not nearby. It sort of shows this, this, um, this like fanciness to his character. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. He was, he was a fun design to come up with um with all of like the different robes and the the contrasting colors and stuff um mm. and the you'll see the jewelry the gold jewelry is actually like a a thing like among mysticians and i i have a little bit on each character um that is a a magic user and then of course the blue hair is something that we see across the magic users too so there is actually a lore reason for that oh. um yeah and I also believe I also see uh, black fingernails. Yes, <laughs> that was it. Was funny. I was like working on. I think it was this art piece because the artist that um, helped me with this or that I had commissioned for this, they also helped me with the key art, which I know we'll go over later. But um, basically, I gave them a sketch. They sent me um, some the beautiful line work um, of the character, and then I colored. The line work in after the fact and uh yeah when i was going through coloring uh i was like you know what i'm like we're gonna paint his fingernails like there's just something about it we're gonna give him black fingernails there's just it was just in a in the moment thing and like i love it it's and you don't notice it really unless you're like paying attention and mm -hmm. if you do you're like cool like distinguished gentleman paints his nails on sundays i like it i like it <laughs> Uh, we have a few other characters here, so here as well. So um, let's check out some of the the character profiles. Yes. So this is Minerva. I actually just revealed her on Twitter the other day, um, which we'll learn more about her later on. Um, oh, we're now we're on Oliver. <laughs> so yeah, this is the key art for Oliver. This is Serena, who is on that that main um, key art. Uh, she's a knight who Oliver is going to meet. Uh, this is Arlen, who we haven't really heard much about yet, but he's also a knight, and you can see he's a bit more—he's a bit more decorated. Uh, but we'll, we'll learn more about him later on in the game. And uh, this is obviously Azel's profile art. Um, This is Baldrick, who was featured in the original alpha demo. Um, he was actually, there's something a little interesting about him, is he was in the role of Azel. Like, 
he was what Azel currently is in the demo. Uh, he was in that role in the alpha version. Um, so Oliver in the alpha version, which we'll, we'll kind of talk about later, but he like wakes up in town and it like Baldrick actually goes with him to the dungeon. And mm. I reworked the story a little bit. And so we get Baldrick a little bit later and his story arc has changed um, a little bit, but uh, you see, he also has the knight motif, but it's a little bit different for him. So we get to learn a little bit more about him as the game goes on and his association um, with the knights and his, his uh, all of the knights have that sort of collar, um, that like sweater, like turtleneck type mm -hmm. thing going on. And, and his is a little bit more worn with age. So uh, we can tell he's he's got somewhat of a, a past there. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so <clears throat> all these characters, of course, these are the, the profiles for them. Uh, yes. But then you for the game. You created some fantastic character sprites as well. Yes. Well, I the character sprites are, are a um, paid commission. Um, the artist's name is Bert. Uh, he did an incredible job. Like I still look at the sprites and I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of floored by how how fantastic they look, uh, and um, how they really like. Like every design aspect, important design aspect of the characters is captured in the sprite. Um, which is incredible to me because like the sprites are small. You don't really have like a lot of room to work, but like all of these really key aspects are visible and make them look really distinct in that battle scene. Um, so it's, it's just great to see, um, see them come to life, so to speak in that way. Yeah. I think the, uh, the, the sprite work here is just stellar. It's, it, it looks so darn good. Uh, <laughs> it does it does it's very good yeah the, it's just fantastic sprite artwork here so uh, uh yeah this Thank is you. fantastic Thank and you. this one the big tree what did what did you call it so solic or solich was the the name for it and i i actually don't remember how i came up with the name it like i know that it's soul and then lich like like the um the like the monster mm -hmm. um i forgot where so where i got so from but uh yeah it's like this this big tree monster basically um that you encounter in the first dungeon which has this it's earth themed but throughout the dungeon you sort of see like the vegetation and you see like the rocks like intertwined with the vegetation so with this boss when i kind of came up with the design I, I wanted that same like motif um in its design and so like this is what i came up with and then of course the sprite sprite artist like executed it amazing like mm -hmm. it looks so great and it looks super cool in game uh and uh yeah he like swings down his giant like rock hammer fist it's like really neat <laughs> yeah it, it, it's fantastic i i think we i want to move into the um, uh, the key art process that we've alluded to a few times here because yes. this is this is some uh, this is really really cool i think so let, let's start with the first picture that you sent over here this was a lot of uh a lot of fun to do too so this was my sketch of the key art um so i had talked to the artist um her name is ruen um they're very good at what they do uh 
I sent them, I came up with this sketch, you know, and kind of got like the idea. I actually spent quite a lot of time thinking about sort of the composition of how like all of the characters were going to like fit and where the logo was going to go before I, um, before I gave it to them. Uh, so yeah, so this was the sketch that I had, you know, completed for them. And I was like, you know, feel free to make changes. She was like, is it okay if I make like a few changes? I'm like, of course. Yeah. Like whatever works. And then she sends me back a sketch and I like, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) I like couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was like, (laughs) it's, it's so professional. Looks so cool. Um, really like brought the characters to life. Um, and like captured like the essence of kind of what I'm going for with the game. Um, and yeah, so I, I gave, um, I gave them the okay on the sketch, uh, and then they sent me back, um, or well, this was, yeah, I like, like placed the logo a little bit, sort of arranged it to see how like the composition would look. Um, and it was good. And then of course they sent back this gorgeous line art, um, which was the commission that I had done for them or what I had commissioned them to do. Uh, so they sent me back this lovely line art and then I started coloring it. Uh, and I have a background in, in graphic arts, but it, it took, oh, it took me some time. I think it took me about an an entire month to get through this thing, um, and really make it something that I was happy with. Um, and it was just kind of layering and playing with different lighting, um, as I was like, you'll actually see this first example, the background is dark and the foreground was light. And I was like, that looks really weird. Um, <laughs> so as I reworked it, um, I sort of reversed that. So the characters in the background are um, darker or the characters in the foreground are darker and the characters in the background are lighter. Um, and that like really pulled it together. And it was just adding layer after layer and just changing the colors around and and stuff um until i could make it oh what it is yeah so there was a couple more this was like another pass with the shadows this was the pre like final pass so like all of the colors were done and then i sort of moved the sliders around yeah and like made it sort of evened it out and made it look more cinematic i guess uh and yeah so that's the that was the process. Uh, it was I, a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. <laughs> I bet, but it looks amazing. Uh, Thank you. I, Thank I you. think it, yeah, it looks fantastic. And, and it's really cool to see it from the original art that you mm. sent over the like, hey, here's what I think. And then seeing this here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very, very cool to see it like imagined the way I was picturing it in my head, because it it's a very frustrating process, right? Like we get this image in our head and then we sort of make a sketch and it's not quite what we were imagining in our head. And then uh, going through this process, like I, I was able to like make it happen and it's, I'm super glad. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I think it's, it's super, uh, it, it's beautiful. You did a fantastic job. Uh, coloring you. and shading and everything here it looks uh, absolutely amazing thank you <laughs> really really cool um so we <clears throat> i want to dive into the 
alpha a bit so people can see like we we've already shown what the game looks like right now uh, people can try the demo as well um, but I want to show people what the alpha looked like and then I want to dive a little uh, deeper into uh, your dungeons and how they're created uh, and yeah. but let's start with the um, uh, the alphas here <laughs> this is so nostalgic yeah so this was when I started in this was I think the screenshots from 2018 so this was after I like this was even after refining this sort of um, 2017 like demo that I had uh, for that contest. Um, but yeah, it was in this this like locked resolution. This was like sort of more true to the default RPG maker um, design. You can see some of the like core ideas were here. Oh my gosh, that old Oliver design is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, oh my goodness. It was really, it's come a long way. This is the Essence system, which I actually changed a bit um, after like thinking about the system and how it worked. It changed through to the the um, new demo, which I know we'll, we'll get into sort of the mechanics later, but uh, yeah. And then of course that battle system, <laughs> it's changed so much. You can't, you barely see that time bar at the bottom. Uh, so uh, yeah. <laughs> been it's been a, a long time of like sort of refining it yeah i think it's wonderful to see the uh how far it's come so seeing the alpha here and then playing the demo as well and contrasting the the two yeah you can definitely see how far it's come yeah it's it's uh it certainly has the old um the old alpha was also like direction, like the movement was gridlocked. So you only moved like one tile at a time. And one of the big changes I made that took me a really long time to do with the new demo was that sort of uh, gridless movement that um, that like smooth, like all eight directions, free movement. And it makes such a world of difference. Like if I ever go back to the alpha, just to like every now and again, I'll go back just to like remind myself how far I've come and it's like oh my goodness this is so uncomfortable like how did it <laughs> work like this for so long because it feels so good to move like freely um without that restriction so yeah yeah this is awesome so within the game of course we got um multiple different venues so to speak uh, we got dungeons we got overworlds we got uh, a castle or a ruin uh mm. how do you how do you build these out and how do you how do you think about um what do you think about when you're building these out so um i have sort of a process so what i'll do is i'll usually you know kind of i'll i'll do a document first so i'll actually sort of type out what my plans are for an area i'll sort of summarize what the area is about like the purpose it serves for the game um sort of the key aspects of the area um and then kind of the the mechanics of that area um and i do this for all of the areas in the game not just the dungeons so like when the player starts the game in the uh, like the demo in particular um you know they go through this area morden forest in mortem swamp um and it, in my mind it's still kind of a dungeon um 
And even the towns are still kind of a dungeon, right? They all sort of serve this this purpose and you you have like a path that you want the player to go through. Um, so I start on paper first and then I'll open up the editor sometimes before I even do something like this um, image we have on screen. I'll, I'll open up the editor and I'll kind of like rough out like some, some map like tiles to get like the spacing and stuff. And then I'll do something like this picture at least specifically for dungeons where I plan out the structure and the path. Um, so I have a good idea of kind of what I'm getting into. So I don't get like lost in it as I'm designing. Cause it's very easy to sort of start designing and then get kind of lost in the details and, and not have this, like, I need this like big picture, um, on top. And I got a lot of like these sort of ideas from, um, studying like uh how like the legend of zelda did like their dungeons there's like the series on uh youtube called boss keys um mm. that's really good that talks about it i had a colleague who actually like went to school for game design um and he's very good at level design and he gave me some pointers on like this like this kind of like level design as well and i've also really like liked level design like when i originally wanted to go to school for game design like i wanted that to be my specialty i just i like the sort of environment that the player has to traverse the most like it's the most important part of the game uh so yeah so i make something like this that's like very primitive just like gives me this like idea um of where they're gonna like progress and and how they're gonna get to the goal of the dungeon which in this case we've got the the beautiful skull that i drew in ms paint uh <laughs> for the boss <laughs> um and then once that's done i do the actual map in game and this is a this is a screenshot of like the whole map in game there's actually a couple rooms missing from this um, so I map it all out in game um, first, and then I actually took this giant screenshot and I threw it in Photoshop mm. and I dimmed it. And then I put these icons here and I sort of to like plan out where I was going to place like the enemies and the items and stuff that the player gets, uh, which is funny because like you look at something like this and it reminds me of like the old gaming magazines mm -hmm. back in the day, like that would tell you like where to find secrets and stuff. It's kind of like the same idea. Uh, and I found it's really useful um, for so designing sell a, as well. Uh, sell a guidebook uh, for the game. Or? I would love to. I would love to. I mean, there's one that's already like for free that like goes with the demo, but it's not like fancy or anything. I'd love to do like the classic like game manual, uh, <laughs> like the old games. That'd be so cool. <laughs> It'd be so cool. Um, so yeah, this is this is kind of like what my process looks like. Um, you actually can see too on this screenshot all of the like colored tiles that are used like in debug mode sort of for all of those like spots that you jump on. Um, so like that's kind of like a cool little like side thing because um, I have to like place all of those in the, the map editor first and then they're not visible in the game because well yeah <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then this is the full layout of the demo and actually spoiling a little bit of later area. The bottom half of the map is not um, in the game yet. Uh, but yeah, you see this sort of Morden forest 
um, starting area that the player progresses through. And I wanted it to just kind of be a straight shot, like to kind of just give you an idea of like, like the, like pace you into the more like twisty paths of mm. the uh, swamp area. It's a relatively simple, like straight path though. Cause I, you know, it's the, it's the introduction. I just wanted it to be a really simple and, and gentle introduction to the world um, and its mechanics. Uh, and then of course, I think later areas, I'm looking forward to doing more complicated designs, which you can see at the bottom map is kind of more of an example. It's like almost a maze. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> almost looks a little like a dragon down to the left. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's got those like, yeah, the like the twists and turns. Yeah, I think uh, I, <clears throat> it looks really cool. Uh, plays really well. I like the the straight shot, as you said, um, just mm. like to get you used to the game. But while it looks like on, on the over uh, overhead map here, it looks like a straight shot and then up to the temple. But there's a lot of uh, nooks and crannies where you can find things yes. and find enemies and find extra uh, extra uh, items and things like that. So it's definitely worth exploring that the the initial map to its full extent yeah there's a lot of goodies there's a lot of goodies in the um in both this map and in the dungeon there's like a secret in the dungeon that not everybody has like found like there's like a secret room in there uh, so it's it's fun there's like all kinds of i love like making secrets like that's my favorite part of level design things that the player is like is this is this something and then they like check it out and it is and they're like whoa like this is cool okay now, <laughs> now i need to try it again <laughs> the secret room yes yeah yeah i i, I definitely want to find those things uh that's <laughs> awesome so um i want to dig into the uh the game a bit again here um you said earlier as you're looking at releasing uh, the first complete chapter later this year. Yes. So yes. Um, how, how do you envision the, the chapters working and how many chapters are you thinking? So there are going to be exactly three chapters. Mm -hmm. um, the chapters kind of came like, like I have had the full game in mind um, and it's just like, it's too big for one person <laughs> it's like it, it just the this thing is like such a behemoth of a project um and i was like well you know i had a couple different options i like could have gone like um you know the route of like trying to get the whole thing done all at once but it would take me like a really long time to do it and i would have to seek funding and i was like or you know i can just split it into the three parts you know finish the first chapter get an idea for like what my production and release process is like mm -hmm. um and then the second and third chapter you know it's almost like it's almost like splitting it into three smaller games instead of doing this one giant project um but the story is all like the story is planned in such a way that like the three chapters actually make a lot of sense mm -hmm. um i want them to feel very complete so like you you play the first chapter it's still going to be 
having like I'm I'm ballparking about ten hours, maybe mm-hmm. more right now for the first chapter. So it's gonna be like a a sizable game still um, on its own. And you have this sort of complete story, but obviously, like you want to know more. Like there's there's more that's gonna happen. Um, and then the second and third chapter will be kind of similar in length, um, the same idea. Uh, and yeah, that's it. It they all kind of work together with each other. I wanted it to be something that is like everything like works together. It's not like, oh, I'm just like making up chapters as I go. Like it's mm-hmm. all like planned out basically um, already. I'm just splitting it to make the the production and, and work a lot easier uh, for me and just a better experience, I think, for people who want to play the game too. Like there are people who have been waiting since 2018 since I started this thing. <laughs> so I was like, I got to give them something, you know? <laughs> I think a, a, a 10 hour chapter is nice as well. Um especially when you compare with these uh, silly large RPGs that take over a hundred hours to complete. And you're like, I don't know yeah. where I am. I'm 70 hours yeah. in. Am I even at the, <laughs> at the halfway point? Yeah. I, that's a, that was another sort of factor I think too, is um, I love Japanese RPGs. I love RPGs in general, but like, I feel like nowadays they're, they're just all so big and they're mm. so long. And like a lot of us like, don't have like the time so i like the idea of like giving it in these sort of like sizable chunks so like you you play it and you're like oh that was a good experience and that was like manageable and i could finish it Mm -hmm. and then like when chapter two comes out you know you can either replay chapter one or you you know you get a nice reminder of like what happened and you can just sort of continue on um i want it to be like a really seamless experience when you know i do come out with it like that your saves are going to carry across um i'm left thinking of golden sun like golden sun kind of did the same thing right like you had the first game on the game boy and then you had the second game on the game boy and that just cut off (laughs) the first game just kind of like cut off it was like a super crazy cliffhanger you're like oh no uh, but you had to like type in the code to transfer your save over to the second game. So I was like, if if they can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I think that's smart. And yeah, a total of 30 to 40 hours, uh, yeah. something like that. Uh, that's way more manageable. Um, I'm yeah. a yeah, full-time worker and then full-time dad. Uh, and yeah. also do this this nonprofit on the side and i also want to play games yeah Um, yeah making time for for a game that's a hundred plus hours is very very hard uh 30 to 40 hours i can manage so yeah i'm Mm. definitely looking forward to those those three chapters to come out so um when do you um i know in the demo and release dates are always floating of course but in the demo uh, when you um Within the demo, you mentioned that chapter one of three is due to release late this year. Uh, yeah. Is that still the plan? That is the plan. I I really want to get it out by the end of this year. Um, you know, I've just been like dying to like release this thing, especially given like when I had worked on the alpha, you know, I basically like dropped everything to rework the game like at its core so i'm like now that i've got this good foundation i want to like move forward with everything so i'm really shooting for the end of this year i mean i'm a part-time developer life happens like 
you know, I, I, I keep it very like loose. Um, I have regular developers logs every month where I sort of let people know what my progress is and if I'm still on track, you know, but I'm not going to like officially announce a date or anything like that until I'm like certain. Um, it also depends on like what other games and stuff are coming out. Like mm-hmm. I know like Breath of the Wild 2 is due to come out and if like Breath of the Wild 2 comes out in like the same time that I'm planning on releasing chapter one. Like I'm gonna wait a little bit because I'm I'm gonna get drowned out, you know, by like those kinds of things. So, you know, it, it all kind of depends on on how like m- how my process goes, how you know, when I like sit down and actually start like making maps and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it will go a lot faster, I think, than the past couple of years, which has just been like raw like programming um and planning and stuff um and seeing how that goes and and I'm really I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping I would love to get chapter 1 out um by the end of this year and then the goal would be like maybe a chapter a year um but you know I I got to give myself a little time the other reason why I wanted to do the chapters method is cuz it also gives me a little time to like rest and recover mm-hmm. before doing it you know as opposed to doing this like massive game release and like spending all of this time and like burning myself out and stuff so i give myself a little bit of time to like relax see how the release goes and then you know come out with the next chapter and then the chapter after that and stuff um you mentioned earlier that mkxp makes it easier to port to other systems as well or other operating systems like mac and and linux um, does that also mean that you can port the game to, say, Switch or something like that? Or how does that work? Unfortunately not. Um, and it's because MKXP is open source, um, which doesn't play nice with um, other... It, the, the licensing with it is a little bit gray um, mm-hmm. and doesn't play nice with consoles. So... I'm definitely not guaranteeing like a console port. I know everybody wants to put the like I want to put the game on the Switch so bad, um, but I don't want to guarantee it unless I'm I'm sure. I know even the folks, other folks that had used MKXP, I think they had had the whole game moved over to like Unity in order to like port it to the Switch and stuff because it's just it's this whole thing. Um, so at the moment, um, no, like the framework isn't there. Uh, so it would be something that I think I'd consider after all three chapters are out Mm -hmm. because then it's like, then I can just like put it all together, you know, and then have it on consoles as like one thing, uh, as opposed to like each individual chapter, I think on a console would not work out very well. Um, so I have to, I have to manage my expectations. (laughs) I have to manage my expectations a little bit here. So unfortunately not, I can't guarantee any consoles, but if it does well, you know, if people like support the game and stuff, you know, it could certainly happen in the future. I want it to happen in the future. I'd love to see it on a console. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was playing it here on my, my, gaming rig here behind me and yeah it's just beautiful i need to hook it up to the crt as well see see how it oh works. yeah oh that would that be so be, cool i bet yeah. it looks super cool on a crt yeah i think that could makes be the, super fun makes the pixel art look like very smooth yeah exactly uh so um i'm gonna finish up here but before we we finish up i want to talk a little about your 
a review of the the indie game scene. So we we met at the uh, Boston Festival of Indie Games, uh, the the virtual fest that, uh, that happened a couple of months ago. Um, the the Boston scene is is pretty uh, pretty well established. Uh, mm. I, I would say there's a lot of game developers around here. Um, yes. What what do you um, are you involved in any groups or meetups or what do you what do you think about the the local Boston scene and then the the global one? Well, <laughs> I actually I'm very much like a game development hermit. I'm I'm actually not from Boston. I I live in Connecticut, um, but Boston is like the closest sort of area to me where there is like game development stuff. Given um, Boston Fig is the only thing that I actually have like direct familiarity with um, and have gone to a couple of years. Um, given the pandemic, it's been kind of hard to go to other stuff. Um, so I don't really have an opinion on, on the local scene because I'm like not super involved in it. Um, most of the things I do are online. Um, I'm very intertwined in the RPG maker community, like, which mm. is like its own little thing. Um, but globally I see, um, you know, I'm, I'm very much on like on Twitter and stuff, trying to like show off the game and stuff. And I see other games that people are working on. Um, and I think it's really cool like how accessible indie gaming is right now. Like I see games from everywhere. I see games being made from developers all over the world. And it's just really nice to see that. Cause I know that like historically a lot of games have only come from like the U S and like Europe and, and Japan and stuff. And now we're seeing like all of these other like countries making games and young developers like me and like, just people like getting to do their own independent thing and bring their ideas to life is like, I don't know. It's just super cool. It's super cool. Um, so I have a lot of hope for it. Um, I think it's just going to keep getting better and like more cool ideas are going to keep uh, appearing. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm like looking forward to it. I'm like super grateful for the opportunity that I've had to like make this game. Like if it wasn't for like, the internet and like all of the free resources available for people to learn game development. Um, I wouldn't have been able to even do this. And of course, all the people I know that I met through discord um, and who helped me and gave me, you know, both advice and feedback has been like, had a huge impact too. Yeah. I, I think the, the indie scene is, is special. Um, everyone, is, yeah. everyone is super helpful and, um, just trying to make something fun, uh, mm -hmm. something that people can enjoy and yeah. yeah, like, like you putting your, your heart and soul into something that you hope people will enjoy. Uh, mm. even though you're a hermit, uh, <laughs> you, you, you have this this community of people who are testing your game, downloading the demo and providing feedback, um, helping you become better uh, mm -hmm. and, and learn. And, and as you said, online learning resources and online just resources for, for game making as well, like the open source projects that augment existing, uh, existing products and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's a, uh, I'm very, very grateful that we have a fantastic indie scene right now. I think it's it's really cool to see. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. So to, to wrap things up, where can people find you, um, information about the game and download the demo? So, um, I have my website, studioalumni.com. Um, from there is kind of where you can find everything. Um, the game is available on a couple different platforms, the demo. Uh, it's on Steam. Uh, it's on itch.io. And it's on GameJolt. And it's on RPGMaker.net. So it's on a few different places that you can download it. Um, if you don't want to download the Steam launcher, you know, you can get it on itch.io or or um, one of the other um, platforms. Uh, it's available for both Windows and Mac OS. Uh, Linux soon, um, working on that with the next update. The, the capability is there. It's just something that I had to sort of put aside because it was just a lot of extra work to do on top of already making the demo. Um, I have a Discord server for the game. Um, it's only for the game. I don't really do like much extra community stuff. I, I keep it kind of focused on the game again because I'm like so into like development. Um, just trying to like keep it going, you know. Um, and I am on Twitter. Uh, I have the Studio Alumni Twitter, which is like the official one. And I do have a personal Twitter. Uh, it's not like super professional, but if people want to see like me, <laughs> and like the things that I'm interested in uh, and like they can find me there as well or of course you can find me on my discord via discord as well um, these are all places um, but yeah my twitter is Jaden Alemni studio Alemni is the, the studio uh, Astravia game is the handle for Astravia uh, it's all very um, obvious I think <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, this has been super, super fun. Uh, I want to thank you, Jaden, for, you. for uh, volunteering to be interviewed here. Uh, this has been super fun, and I had a blast, as I said. I had a blast playing through the game. Highly recommend everyone to try out the demo and uh, give feedback after the demo. It's super easy to do, uh, short Google form, so please do that. Um, play yeah. through the demo. Super, super fun. Very colorful. Stupid beast. Um, it's, it's just a, a super fun game and I, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing more of Legends of Australia, uh, here. It's going to be uh, a great game and I'm looking forward to, to chapter one here. Um, uh, thank, thank you again, Jaden. Uh, it's been fantastic. And, um, for everyone listening or watching, you can find us at hitsave uh, at hitsave.org on the interwebs. Um, you can find us at hitsave.org on Twitter, and I'm at Jonas Rosland everywhere as well. Thank you everyone for watching or listening. Have a fantastic rest of the week and catch you next time.